worship together. She heard the herald angels sing. Rise, joy. 
faithful.
Oh, come. 
Thank you for your presence in the midst of everything. You are Christ the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. to uh to be back right because man what what is going on with this year it is just gone isn't it um some of us are really glad about that but um who knows uh, a couple things that we just want to share today um just we're going to go to some of our prayer list and we will re- finish um once again with our uh unite 714 prayer from week 39 of uh this uh pandemic and prayer specifically for that um, and so we're going to uh, lift up these prayers. We have a, um, March has a, uh, as a prayer for, um, and we'll, we'll add this also in our, in our um, announcements, but for the 25 children that, um, with Angel Tree that we took on, um, the 425 guests that they will receive. So that is awesome. So thank you all um, very much. That is such a blessing um, to go through that. Also, um, for healing for Ron, um, who was tested um, positive for COVID. We want to lift him up as well. Thank you, Keith. Um, and Miguel uh, Cohen has asked for prayers for Carol Tyson. Just had surgery to remove cancer from her eyelids. So please pray for quick healing and no more cancer. Um, 
Holly Kip has asked for several unspoken prayers. So we want to lift her up as well. Um, again, people praying for Ron um, and her niece, Diana Abel. Very low blood levels, and doctors cannot find the cause. So we want to continue to lift them in prayers. Some other ones that we have here, continue to lift um, Joe, my father, in your prayers. As last, last Friday, not this week, he went into um, the hospital with some infections and things. He is doing much better, and we just pray for continued strength um, in recuperation and other kinds of things, and so that um, uh, we can, we can uh, enjoy this, uh, the holiday season with him in a safe environment. And, uh, of course, you know, now when you go to the hospital for any time, people are worried about other kinds of things. So continue to lift um, my father up in your prayers. We also um, thank you for the prayers for both Rebecca Stecker, who had knee surgery this week, and also for um, Bennett Walters. Uh, little Bennett uh, was, um, was being active as uh, boys are and broke his arm and had to have pins put in for surgery, but uh, seems to be doing well and continue to lift them up in, in all your prayers in all different things. And I know we have uh, several other prayers that are um, going through there. Um, others that names that have been lifted up that are in the hospital, Kelly Talley, Jacob Thomas, Jacob Yoder, um, and Lou Show. I know Lou is out, I believe, now, and he's doing really well, seems to be doing really well, and um, we can't wait to see him again. Um, and just others with all kinds of other issues we want to continue to lift up. Um, those also are ministries that we serve, the Paris Foundation, uh, any small groups, uh, Stephen Ministry, leadership team, um, all kinds of other things that we have that we want to just continue to keep in your prayers as we go through the toward the end of this year. Um, and it's been a year definitely focused on prayer to get us get us through the mundane of each day. Am I right? Um, just to be able to, to get through that. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to um, go ahead once again. Um, our Unite 714 prayer is um, with Unite 714, which is an interdenominational, multi-nation, um, a multi-nation group that is getting together twice a day on your own um, with, at 7.14 in the morning and 7.14 in the evening to pray this prayer um, right here and to have people unite together, That if um, recognizing that if the, my people are called by na- my name will humble themselves and pray, um, then God will, uh, and we, he will heal our land, and that's what our, our main prayer is. So let's, uh, our verse for today is Matthew chapter 6. And, and through this week with Unite 714, it says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, our world is shaking. In some countries, your precious people are being oppressed and even persecuted. Governments are being besieged by angry citizens and being shaken to their very core. With news feeds spewing hatred, fear, and bias, we are thankful you are seated on your heavenly throne. That your plans for our world will not be thwarted, they will not be frustrated. For we rest securely today under your rule and your sovereignty. We hallow your great name above the name of every other person, problem, pain, and political systems of our world. So Lord, fill us with your peace, confidence, and tranquility today, for your name is greater than COVID. Even as you have mitigated this pandemic, we cry out, crush COVID, crush it under your feet, both indirectly through the wisdom that you've given medical professionals and directly through your divine intervention. You have shown mercy to this planet 
that we grieve each and every loss. Your intervention has spared millions of lives who could have perished. So today, as we hear news of vaccines in the trucks heading out, today we join our voices with a heavenly host singing, Holy, holy, holy is your name. For Lord Jesus, you taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we cry out for your kingdom to come on earth afresh and new today. Awaken your church to the reality of its mission and empower her for its fulfillment. We desperately need a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit on our broken planet. And we need an outpouring of divine light to pierce through the demonic, moral, and philosophical darkness which brings spiritual blindness all over the world. For Heavenly Father, we come to you in holy desperation. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Come in revival power. Come in evangelism through your church around the world. Our planet is broken beyond repair, and no government on earth can deal with the virus of sin and death. Heaven came down. Heaven, please come down. Revival fall. Exercise your will in every one of our cities, communities, and nations. Hear our cry. Listen to our plight. The world is covered in thick darkness, and we, Lord, are desperate for your light, the light of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And in this holiday season, we pray that you will ever be present more and more, and we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, amen. There's one other prayer I want to I wanna share, and I want to um, do this kind of specially um, after, after our prayer, is uh, many of you um, over the years of Haven Community Church came in the door, uh, and one of the first faces to greet you was a smiling face with an older guy with glasses and gray hair, and if you were pretty enough, he tried to give you a hug, all right, and just let you know that he loved you dearly. And um, uh, several years ago, he had some issues with some strokes and other things that, that took a lot of the person that we love so much uh, out of the way. And so this week, God uh, mercifully um, took Gary home and Gary Ashby, and Gary is, um, is at home with the Lord, and he's hugging a lot of people and enjoying being back fully in the fellowship of believers as he was. He was one of the, one of the first people who was here, he and Liz. Um, Liz, we know we've missed her because of COVID majorly, um, and she has been active behind the scenes. Um, for our, She was so thrilled about what happened with Operation Christmas Child as that was something she took under her wing, and, and we know that uh, she has labored under the ultimate loss of Gary, but over the last several years. And so um, we know he's at peace, and I just want to um, let you know to just continue to reach out in, um, in love and care for Liz, um, as you guys have done so much. Um, but also, we thank God for Gary and his life um, that is here as uh, his life will be celebrated in a private ceremony because of everything else going on. Um, but I ask that you just be with them, particularly on Tuesday, um, as we celebrate Gary's life. Uh, okay? So, um, but that means a lot. And so it's... Um, I don't th- I, the reason why I wanted to do that is because today, today the third candle of Advent is one called love. And if somebody knew how to display that for our church and for, for me, unconditionally, it was Gary Ashby. And um, so let, as we do that, he truly reflected the love of Christ for our church. And um, so let's go ahead and watch this video as we light this candle of love. <laughs> Thank you. 
I thought that was very fitting. Um, today, when we share love, we share God. And so um, I hope that you guys experience some love here today uh, from God. Don't you just miss when we could just run up and hug people around the neck here and say hey and, and all that good stuff? Don't you just miss that? Anybody? Am I the only one? Maybe I'm just craving some attention and love. You know, you want to help me out here? All right, all right so um, it's all good. A couple announcements that I want to touch on today before we continue in our series, our series um, called Hark the Carols. Uh, and we're gonna, we'll talk more about that in a second. And again, we, are, we do have up front here um, the bulletin. So if you didn't get a regular hard copy, you're not, you don't want that. Um, some people are enjoying these a lot more. You can take your camera out. Hit it, your camera, listen to me, your phone, which is a, a camera as well. Um, remember when you had to take a camera and a phone somewhere? And remember when you had to take a camera because you had no phone? Um, so, uh, and if the kids are like, really, there was a such thing before times of phone? Yeah, it had a big cord, go with it, all right? Um, but, uh, you know, you can go ahead and hit that QR code just by um, holding up your camera, and you can have it digitally and, um, and fill in and have that forever if you want. It's up to you. Okay, so a couple things. Um, our Sunday school is continuing every other week right now. We are limited to 15 um, children. They have been having a, a, a good time in there, and it's good to see them back um, at some level. Uh, and you can register um, for next week. Next week will be the last Sunday before Christmas. Right? Everybody's good? Right now, people are like, oh my gosh, i got to take out my phone. I'm going to act like I'm hitting here, but I'm going to order something from Amazon is what I'm going to do because I forgot. Um, but um, there, there we go. So we um, remember that. That'll be the, the last week. Our, our theme, we've had several, um, several different themes uh, of this week. Today is, oh, come all ye faithful. Um, and last week was, oh, holy night. Next week will be, away in a manger. Um, and so um, it's something that we always had little kids singing, but I think it has a really awesome message that God wants to lay on their hearts uh, next week. But for your children, you can go ahead and get them registered on- online um, again starting tomorrow, the 14th of December. Um, again, if you're facing a crisis or um, going through some kind of grief or some loss or anything, we do have our Stephen ministers that are there, and they are also going to be beginning grief share which is 13 weeks dealing with loss and um, of many different kinds. Um, and so it begins at 6.30 on January, January 18th and a combination of uh, Zoom. Um, so if you aren't comfortable gathering with people, and then also it'll be social distance with in-person if, um, if that's what, um, and maybe we'll be getting closer to normalcy by then. Who knows? We'll see. But if you're interested in that, please, please let us know for that. And anybody who's participated in Grief Share really has talked about the benefits of dealing with grief. As someone once shared um, with me um, recently in the passing of my mother, um, one of the things they share with me is like, um, Life is like an ocean, that you're standing in the ocean, and grief is like a wave that just hits you and rolls you in the surf every so often. It comes out of nowhere. Anybody ever been at the beach where you're standing there, it's a great day, and you're like, yay, and all of a sudden this wave comes and takes you out? That's kind of how grief works, and sometimes we feel like we're never going to come up out of that, that uh, twisting and turning. Um, but there is hope in, in Christ, so we thank you for that. And also, volunteers are needed to prepare, still to prepare the 70 dinner uh, bags for Parish Foundation next week. Um, and there's several different things that um, include in there, and they can be dropped off at the Parish Foundation next week at 3.30 and 4. Um, the dinner bags should include a sandwich, a bag of chips, um, bottle of water, fruit cup, or soft fruit, such as an orange, 
cookies, something sweet, napkin, utensils, and those kind of things. And you, you put those in a, like a gallon Ziploc bag. That's the best thing. So we'd love for you to help contribute there as that is still a very needed ministry. And you guys are doing awesome with that. So um, that is next week. Thank you very much. And you can also register online. We have a lot of stuff you can register online for. And hopefully um, that makes it easier for you. Again, now we are in week two. What is the, what is the song? There you go. It took you a little bit. It took you a little bit there. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of feeling, kind of feeling like that. <sighs> Are you ready? I know we're not supposed to breathe. Just go. <clears throat> okay, do that. Make make that feel good. I mean, you need to go ah like that. Uh, whatever it may be, it seems like we've kind of hit that point again, and then just kind of got this feeling of of heaviness, and that's perfect for today. Because today, we, uh, in, in this series, as I said, we are doing uh, four different Christmas carols. The first week, once again, was O Holy Night. Remember? Um, o Holy Night, the weary world rejoices. Remember, that was what we, we focused on a line, and that was last week. Today, O Come All Ye Faithful, next week will be Away in a Manger, as I said, on Christmas Eve. Um, I'm going to do something a little different um, that's not really part of the series, um, so I'm going to do something a little bit different. And then the following week, which is the um, last week of the year, it will be O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Um, and the, this year that I've had and you've had and we've had, please, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, um, and ransom those of us here. So we're going to be talking about that. So um, I had an interesting happening yesterday. Um, for years, um, years ago, when uh, Jacob started playing football, he was in fifth grade, and that was the first time he ever played, and it was a junior league football, and he, um, there was a bunch of guys there, a bunch of good kids, and I remember, um, somehow I just went, and then I knew the guy who was head of the program, and Ed came to me and said, uh, I was talking to him, I said, hey, Ed, how you doing? We were talking, and he said, he looks over at uh, one of the, the, what was the B team, like that middle school, that fifth, sixth grade um, coach and, and said, hey, here's Jack. Put him to doing something. And that's how I started coaching football. I just knew the guy who was head of the program. He said, put him to doing something. So he sent me, uh, uh, the guy, uh, Kenny, uh, the guy who was head at the time, didn't know what to do with me, I guess. And so he said, I just go over and work with the defense. And it was, it was such a blessing because when I got and started working with the defense, number one, um, I got to meet one, a person who has become one of my 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 closest friends in, in life, Roger. And, um, and so, a matter of fact, when mom called, you know, with a busy life, we haven't been, had time to spend with each other or spend some time. But when my mother died, he was one of the first people that called me and, and just talked to me on the phone. It was just a, just a, a blessing in that. Um, and, uh, and so that happened. But I got this opportunity to, like, stop life and just pour myself into these young men primarily, and get to know them, and get to know other people in relationships. And so yesterday, I had the opportunity to officiate the wedding of one of those young men, and his, uh, his wife now, um, I've been close to their families because of coaching in football and other things, and coaching um, uh, her brother's baseball team and other things. And so I had this opportunity. It was kind of surreal. Have you ever had that moment where you remember? Like, it was like this. I coached them when they were younger, and I'd go, hey, okay, guys, here's what you want to do in the huddle. I'd do this. I got to coach them until they got to high school, because I went to high school, and then it was like, okay, guys, here's what I want you to do, because I was looking up to them. And yesterday, it was just really awesome to go ahead and see some people that, that took you back to a point in life where things didn't seem as heavy.
right? Anybody have those points in your life where things don't seem as heavy and you just, you look back and you go, wow, those were interesting areas. And so by, by recognizing that, I thought a little bit about when the kids were young and how during those times when the kids were real young, how there was something extra special about Christmas. You know what I mean? I, you know, I'll be honest, when I was a kid, I loved Christmas. Man, I just couldn't wait. I'd stay there. I was scared to get out of my bed. I would, I, would, I would be up all night. I'd go in Jill's room, and she'd be like, go back to bed, you know, that kind of thing. Or when we were real little, we'd, we'd start to peek down, and we're like, no, we can't do that, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was the first one up saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Judah has taken that for our house now. Um, about 5 o'clock, and we have a rule. If you can't see the sun... We don't want to hear your mouth, okay? So you got to go back. And, and so, but as soon as that sun peaks up, he's like, sun's coming up and we're downstairs, right? And when, they, when, when our kids were really, really young, that excitement was there to see uh, all the things that were going to happen. And you know, as you get older, you tend to lose some of that. I'll tell you, at times I started to, to get to a point of like, you know, Christmas is a pain, you got to buy all these gifts. And then you have those relatives, those ones that you just exchange gift cards with. You know what I mean? You're just like, you know. And, and then, then if you've been married for a long time, you're like, I, I don't know. What, what do you want me to get you? I don't know. Let's, let's buy like a couch or something, which we, yeah, you know, let's buy, let's buy, you know, I don't know, uh, something. Okay, let's buy a new, new chainsaw. That'll work, right? You know, you're, you're trying to work at things and you're, you're racking your brain and it just is like, and then there's the church aspect where, where you're doing stuff and, and everything's getting together and you're talking to, making sure worship team has stuff and you're practicing songs and you're, you're going ahead and you're seeing people and you're, what do we do with this? And then the year, where are the candles? Anybody remember here? Jim, I know you do. Where are the candles? And we didn't know where the candles were. We had $1,000 in candles that disappeared somewhere until we found them several weeks after Christmas, and there they were, right? So we have lots of battery-powered candles. And, you know, even the thing battery-powered candles, right, we have to go to that. Remember when you, like, to have the wax that dripped down on you, and you try to pour, no matter how they had those little shields, it would get you, and you, ah, yeah, you know, silent night, you know, like, scream silent night. And that stuff, you're like, what is all this stuff? And then when Joe and I were growing up, Mom would put on these grand cantatas that meant they were wonderful programs, but in her house, it was living hell until that Sunday night before Christmas. And you go, Ah, oh, thank God. So, as I was thinking about Christmas, I was thinking about the song. And I thought about a time, and I saw some of it here today, that there are certain songs that we sing in church, worship songs, right? There's some of the songs that we sing that, that people just start worshiping. Like, um, Here I Am to Worship. Light of the world. Remember that? And people just start to worship with that song. There's several other ones that we do. But often, like I started thinking about these Christmas carols. And I was taken back to one time where, actually, I, I, I remember I was in a place and it was like an ecumenical kind of gathering. Just, it was like a, just a, a service place and there was different people. And we started singing, they started singing some, some Christmas songs. And I remember seeing this one person just stood up. And was just worshiping God in the midst of it. And that's not usually what we do in Christmas carols. We usually say, we get festive, don't we? We get caught up in the season rather than Jesus. And 
what I started to think and as I've been working through this series, I started thinking, you know, I, I've, I've taken time to really look at the lyrics of these songs that have been part of my life since I can remember. And I always knew the lyrics. Like, you guys didn't need to see O Come, O Ye Faithful, did you? You know what verse we are by? We say, yay, and you go, oh, Lord, we greet thee. Uh, sing, choirs of angels. You know those. If I said, away, you're going to pick up in a manger. We know these lyrics, but I never fully have listened to what they're saying. And so our carol for, day, for today is, O Come, All Ye Faithful. It was originally written in Latin. And many of you, every time I hear the, the, the term, Adeste Fideles, I think of Bing Crosby for some reason, I, that version of it. Um, when he had that voice, Adeste, right? Bing Crosby is what I remember. And it was written, it's been attributed to this guy up here. Let me show you his pictures, a couple pictures up here. The guy over there with the big chops. That's, his, that's him right there. Um, big uh, mutton chops on the side. His name is John Francis Wade. And he was an 18th century hymnist. He wrote hymns. And he wrote it, wrote it in Latin for people to sing. And then the English version, To O Come All Ye Faithful, was translated by the guy over here. His name is Frederick Oakley, and it was done in 1841. And the words of this great song, O Come All Ye Faithful, Joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him. Born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Sing choirs of angels. Sing in exultation. Some of you don't even know what exultation is, but just do it anyway, right? Um, uh, Sing, all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God. Glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. In the song, as I said, during the series, I'm going to pull out a phrase so that the next time you hear it or sing it, that it's going to, something is going to stand out to you, not only about the song, but about God himself, and that you can worship him in the midst of that and see how amazing God is. The song line I want to share today is this one. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. I got to say, many times in my life, most of the time in my life, I feel exactly the opposite than faithful, joyful, and triumphant. Anybody in that boat with me? Because there's a lot of room in this boat. You see, um, I feel kind of like the opposite at times. I feel down, depressed, doubtful, and defeated. I know some people feel this way and in general, but I also know many Christians that feel this way. Me, at times, the same thing. So the question is for, me, for you today and for me is, I don't want to ask you, how many of you ever felt a time of lack of faith? Has anybody ever had a time of a lack of joy? Has anybody ever felt less than triumphant in your life? Because we feel so many times defeated, 
discouraged, depressed, doubtful, and broken. So maybe it's like this. Maybe it's in the faith areas that we struggle in questions. We say, okay, God, I'm trusting you, but I'm not seeing it. And I don't know. I don't know. I know what you, what you say, but I'm not seeing it or experiencing it. I'm not feeling very triumphant or successful or good about. I'm not feeling very triumphant in my finances. Right now you're like, oh my gosh, I got to look at my bank account. Or I'm not feeling very triumphant in my relationships. <laughs> my job, if I have one, I ain't feeling triumphant. And I, I started to go into an area that I thought it was going to be good, but man, I'm feeling less than triumphant in there. Honest, to be really honest, God, if, if I look at it in my entire being and life, I'm not triumphant. I'm anything but. Maybe it's on the joyful things side of things. You ever had like, you may have that moment of just joy and laughter, and then somebody comes along and just sucks it away from you? Like things may be cruising along in your life, and then, bam, something hits. Or you're going along a little bit more, and you think, okay, well, I can make it through this, and then out of the blue, something happens. Or maybe you just wake up, and you hate the world. Anybody here? In case you don't know, it's 2020. If we sang a song about 2020, would it be faithful, joyful, and triumphant? For some people, yes. I've seen some people, and guess what? I don't like you. Because it's anything else but that for me in many ways. <coughs> like, you, even at this moment, you go shopping. I went shopping the other night. And I came home with nothing but some frustration about shopping. And I was thankful for my computer where I could click and say, remember when people would say we had to have special days for Cyber Mondays and things? Now it's like everything cyber everything, right? We've, we've gone to that point. Um, or, or like this, this happens to me. I mean, Danny can attest to this. There are times when like my one really escape for me is the gym, as you can tell by me being all swole up here, all right? Um, but it is like it's just an area where I can just close out the world. You know, Danny and I hang out. We'll, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun at Danny's expense. But, um, but we'll, we'll go ahead. We laugh. We joke. We do all this kind of stuff. And it kind of gets me escaped. And then I have this 45 minutes of cardio at the end where I have my, my air, AirPods in, my AirPlugs in, and I'm just going. And it's just me and this stupid thing here. And occasionally, then I'll talk to Danny or somebody will come up and say something. It's just, just kind of like an escape. And every so often... I'm, in, I'm like, yeah, I'm starting off the day. I'm going to do this. Every so often, someone will come up to me and ruin that time. You know what I mean? Like they'll say something smarmy to you that you want to hit them in the face with a dumbbell. You know, is anybody there? Okay, or, or they'll just give you a look or they'll do something that annoys you. Does anybody do anything that annoys you? Like I'm on, I'm on, this is confession time. There's this one guy, don't know him, never talked to him, but he bites on the cord of his ear, ear whatever they are, right? It annoys me. 
I can't get off. Danny's laughing right now because he knows. I'm like, please stop. And I am not joyful and triumphant at that moment. I see the guy. He could be the nicest guy in the world, but I am warped, okay? So he walks in, and I see that. I'm like, oh, there goes the court to her again. Anybody else messed up like me? Raise your hands. Anything but joyful and triumphant. So who is it that God is calling? Who is it that God is calling? Here's the good news. Those aren't the ones that Jesus is calling. At first. See, Jesus isn't looking for those who are joyful and triumphant all the time. That's a lie we've told ourselves. So what I want to do is I want to take a couple brief moments and I want to take a look at first who Jesus calls. And then I want to let you show that when he calls us, what Jesus does to help us to become who he wants us to become. So who does Jesus call? Jesus calls those who are weary and burdened. Jesus calls the weary and the burdened. How do you know that? In Matthew chapter 11, it says this. Come to me, all of you who are weary and what? Guess what? He's calling. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Is what he says. And what does he say? And I will give you rest. How many of you could use some rest? I mean like good rest. Rest from your, your life. Rest from your job. Rest from your tumultuous relationships. Rest from your own head. Just rest. So he calls those who are weary and burdened. Who else does he call? He calls the sinners. When he was on the earth, the people who had the biggest problem were that they had a problem that Jesus was eating with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners. And what was Jesus' response in Matthew chapter 9? He said, on, they, were, they were griping at him. He said, on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. For I have not come to call the righteous but who? Sinners. So Jesus is there to call those who don't have it all together. If you don't have it all together, Jesus is calling you. He is calling you who are weary and burdened and who miss the mark of what God intended. If you got it all together and got it all figured out, then you don't need Jesus, or at least that's what you tell yourself. But Jesus says, I want those who are broken, who are weary, whose lives are burdened with everything, who are one moment from just falling apart, those who are all over the place, missing the mark of their life, I want them to come to me and I will give them rest and a direction and the purpose I created them for. It's almost like we need to rewrite this hymn and this Christmas carol. Oh, come all ye sinners, weary and burdened, come lay your junk at the feet of Jesus. It doesn't ring as nice as, oh, come all ye faithful, does it? But that's where we are. That's what Jesus wants. Jesus wants people who are weary, burdened, and have messed up along the way so that he can do something awesome in them. The good news, though, is that Jesus wants you to come like that, wants me to come like that, but he loves you too much to keep you in that point. And so many of you, and me, and us, we are weary and burdened and have tried so many other things 
to get out from underneath the weight of these things, only to be left more weighted, more burdened, more weary, more sinful. And what we need to recognize is the need to come to Jesus as we are. I have had several situations in my life and this year and just recently, and people have said, I don't, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do this. And I've, I've had other people that I've seen loss, experienced loss in our own family, experienced all kinds of things, and I don't know how people do it without Jesus. The only thing I can say is each of those areas I have been weary, I have been burdened, I have had no rest, I have been a sinner. And in all those areas that brought about my brokenness, the only way I am able to make another step, the only way I'm able to move forward is because Jesus loves me too much to lead me in that way. And I know and recognize my need for him. Every day he's calling. And yet we still carry our own burdens. Second Corinthians 5.17 is Jesus' promise. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. That we get promised a new something, a newness. Now, there's two ways to this that I want to share. And I think the church has been really good about celebrating the first one over the history. And initially, we use this verse in coming about salvation. If you don't know Jesus, come to him and let him become your savior, your Lord, the ruler of your life, the leader of your life, the one who gives you direction, the one who got, died for you, the one who paid the price for you. But I want to share something else that I believe that we also need. Not only do I need a new creation, but I need a restoration. Many of, many of us who may have come to Christ for me, it was age five. Just to let you know, this year, that'll be 45 years ago. I know I don't look it. But 45 years ago, yeah, you're saying you look older. I thought 60. Um, but there has been a lot of stuff that has occurred in those 45 years. Some really awesome. Some not so awesome. And yet, in that, in that point, the process that the Scripture talks about working out our salvation is about restoration in me. Remember we talked about last week, his mercies are new every morning. Remember we talked about if you can just get through the night, the sunrise, the sun is there in the morning last week. If you didn't see it, go back and look online. It's there. An example is this. You know how awesome it is? Like every time I've bought a new iPhone or a new computer or a new television, like, you guys remember the square TVs? Did you actually, actually pull on the knob and turn? That the youngest person in the family was called the remote? Remember that? Go turn on channel. And you, and you try to get from 2 to 13 in one turn. Everybody remember this? Okay? Um, people, some of the people are like, what is he talking about? What is this thing? Uh, TVs were square. They weren't rectangular. And you remember when they first came out, and you're like, oh, this is great. HD. Remember those things? So excited, so excited about those new things, new cars. What about when you get a new, a, a new car? The smell of it, how you don't let anybody near it, or new shoes. Why is it when you get new white shoes, people got to step on them? 
But if you wore those old bobos, they'd step on them. They wouldn't step on them at all. But, but you know what I mean? That newness of something just seems so precious to you. But then after you use it, and after it goes on for a while, and then you, you, you have it, it gets old, and then you start saying, man, I don't know that this works for me anymore. You know, my, my first computer that I bought was 40 megabytes. Megabytes. That wouldn't do anything now, right? But it was a big tower. I had a dot matrix printer. Uh-huh. What if I said to you, I'm giving you a computer for Christmas? You'd be like, yes. And I said, I'm giving you a 40 megabyte computer tower with a dot matrix printer. Go. You'd be like, why are you giving me that junk? And in many ways, this is, how, this is why I need restoration in my life. Because I need a newness, a freshness in my spirit. I need a freshness and a newness. That's why the new creation is not just for one moment in time when I accept Jesus. It needs to be new creation, a recreation, a newness every day of life. And I can't get caught in the the things of the world that, that rob that from me. But my question is, if Jesus creates a new creation in me and it doesn't leave us there, then where does he take us? What does Jesus do to help us become something? Well, here we go. Jesus helps us when we come to him weary, burdened, broken, sinful. Jesus helps us become more faithful. Look what this verse from Hebrews chapter 12 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. You see, our faith comes from the author, which means he gave it to us. And let me say it this way. In you, when you were created, we know that he knit you together. He wrote your story. And he writes into your story faithfulness. This is how awesome God is. He gives you enough faith in order to be faithful to trust him. You just have to accept it. He wrote that into you, faithfulness. But he is also the perfecter of our faith. So he writes faith into your story. He puts it, let me use some computer programming language. He writes it into your your, uh, program. You're programmed with faith. But because he wants that to go more, he is perfecting your faith. So you say to me, well, Jack, how is he perfecting that? Romans chapter 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. The word of God builds and strengthens our faith. Builds and strengthens it. When when Jacob was a baby and Melissa was going through very high-risk pregnancy and we thought that she was going to lose his first baby, Faith came when I was waiting for an ambulance outside the home, praying that, God, you gave me a promise about this this boy, and I'm holding you to your promise. You say that you keep your promises. I am going to claim that. I'm not going to get trusting in what what I've seen, but I'm going to trust in the promises of God. And he is 22 years old today. He came a month early, all right? And there were struggles in there. When Rachel is in the hospital, 
and we are in the Dominican Republic, and she had a stroke at the age of 15, I am holding on to the promises of God because I got nothing else. I can't do anything. I can talk to her, and I can see her on a screen, but I can recognize something. Guess what? I can recognize I am powerless in a situation. But what I do, I called Debbie. I called my friend Paul. I called Danny. I called other people. I called Jill. I said, hey, I need you guys to pray. I need you. Some of you went and saw her. And she's doing better. And then we're like, okay. And then, nope, had another, had another migraine, which caused... What do you do? you got to lean on the promises of God and his faithfulness. you got to lean on the word of God that said, um, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Anybody here today? you got to trust that eye has not seen and ear has not heard what the Father has prepared for those who love him. you got to trust that more than you ever could before. we got to lean on those things. Just this year, you have to trust on the promises of God when on an early Sunday morning before I got here, I found out that Jacob was in an accident where he, he hit two telephone poles and flipped the car, and I had to stand up here. Actually, it was back there at the time. And give what God had wanted me to give. I can tell you, it was a, it was a message about Samson. If you want to go back and find it, you can find it. And it was that week. And as a father, I am conflicted and saying, I hope my son is okay. What could have happened? And I look at the car later that day, and I have a police officer tell me, I can't believe he walked away from it. And I'm here talking about Samson. Oh, God, give me just one more ounce of strength. And in the midst of that message, I'm standing here saying, oh, God, give me one more ounce of strength so I can get through this today. Or recently in the loss of our mother, out of the blue. And saying, there is no way I can do her service. And Jill telling me, you ain't doing this one. I say, I ain't doing this one. And talking to a friend, and then in the beginning of that, saying, you know what? Nobody can do my mom's service better than her son. And leaning on the promises of God. That you're going to get through this. So what do you do? When there are times where I personally recognize that Christmas and nothing will be the same. Bobby having time with your sister. Seeing her healing well and then in a moment she's gone. Leaning on the promises of God. There are times when you may have been going through life and you're traveling numbly from point to point broken mentally, emotionally, sometimes even physically. And some of you are there and have been there and are existing there in this wacky, crazy year. But I want to share with you how the word of God strengthens your faith. And here's the verse from Isaiah 43. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. What does it say when you pass through the waters? I will be with you. Regardless, through any potential obstacle, God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Not only at Christmas, but each and every day of life. The deep waters, he says, I'll be with you. Notice, you must walk through the fire. 
then you shall not be burned. When God is with us, he is for us, and who can be against us? You see, here's the thing that I've learned, and I don't like it. Trials are inevitable. I'm going to share with you this week. Ready? This week, you're going to have some trials, and it's going to stink. Happy church day. You're going to have them. They're going to be there. Notice it doesn't say if you pass through the waters, if you pass through the river, if you walk through the fire. It says when, when, when. You are, as Jesus said, going to have problems in this world. But he didn't leave it there. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You are going to have waters. You're going to have rivers. You're going to, have, you're going to be, feel like you're being swept downstream. Notice the text doesn't say, when you walk in luxurious padded carpet, I will be with you. It says, God will be with you in the toughest of circumstances. And trials vary in their approaches. Sometimes we face waters. Sometimes we face rivers. And I know you say, well, rivers are waters. I'm talking about deep waters where you feel like you're just drowning. Rivers where you feel like you're being swept away. And fire where you feel like you're being consumed. When we walk through the fire, God is helping us and we can do this and we don't need to panic. We don't need to be afraid and we don't have to run as if we didn't trust God. We can walk through the fire. And you know what walking is? Walking is when you're not afraid. When you have no fear. I remember we went on a trip to Israel one time and it was during a time where there were several bombings around and we were in the airport. And we had no, had no problems. We were actually at a, at a spa when they had some bombings and we were loving life, all right? So it came time for us to leave, and as we were getting ready to leave Israel, we were in a big kind of hangar area, and they've changed now, and all of a sudden, an announcement in Hebrew came over. It was a lot of like that, okay, Hebrew. And, and all of a sudden, we're standing there, and we see people run, like just running. Like not like, oh, but like the running you see on TV when like, in, in, in movies when something bad's happening. You know that running? Like when it's kind of like a wave and people start running. And you, you know what I did? Melissa was there. I threw her down and I laid on top of her. And she said, I couldn't have run with this fat behind on me anyway. I couldn't have got out. And then people were like, get, get out, get out. And we started running. And everybody started running. And I remember seeing this one guy who was a New York City police officer. Everybody else was running and he was with us on the group. And he was going like this. And he was looking around. Just looking. While Rails is running, he's looking and just pacing and making sure everybody's out. You know why? Because he wasn't afraid of the moment that he'd been trained to deal with. He wasn't afraid because he knew what skills he had. And ultimately, this is, this is how we are. We can walk through the fire because we know who's with us. And I felt better. And just to let you know, when I was going out, I found him and walked with him. Because I knew at least the sucker's going to take a bullet for me, right? Just to let you know, it was, an, it was a, box, a package nobody claimed, and everybody got scared and just ran because they were afraid. Nothing was wrong with it at all, but people got scared. What we see is this, that God's word is faithful, and it increases our faith that when we go through these circumstances, he is there to lift us up, lest we dash our foot against a stone. For when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your God. Number two, not only does he help us 
be fa- become more faithful, but he helps us become more joyful. In Galatians chapter 5, we learn that joy is a fruit. What is a fruit? If you go up to an apple tree, what do you expect to get? You go up to a pear tree, what do you expect to get? If you go to a strawberry tree, there's no such thing as a strawberry tree. I'm just testing you, okay? But if you, if you go to those trees, if you go to a cherry tree, what do you expect to get? Lemons? No. You expect to get the fruit that's associated with that tree. And as believers in Jesus... He brings us in as those who are weary and burdened and sinful, and he changes us into being who he calls us to be, his children, that are in the Spirit. In the Spirit, there is love. There is joy. There is peace. There is patience. There is kindness. There is gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. Does that sound like your life? Not mine. I'm having enough problem with the first one, love. I'm having a lot of problem with joy. And you know what, when I don't have those two, because I, I just have this, I have this belief that they build upon each other. And I'm certainly not going to have any peace or self-control in my life. Interestingly enough, faith is also a fruit and a gift. Joy and happiness are completely different things. I was struggling in that song, because I, I uh, oh, come all you faithful in that version, because I always sing, um, born this happy morning. Anybody remember that version? I want to say that, but I think it's actually better this joyous morning because joy and happiness are completely different. Here's what I want to say to you about happiness. Happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Jesus. Joy comes from something non-circumstantial, and we see this in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. It says, but the angel said to them, this is the shepherds, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a that will be a great, that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. I don't know about you, but I always think of Linus reading it from Peanuts, right? Why do we have joy? Because a Savior has been born to um, you. A Savior has been born to you. Do you think the shepherds were happy at their low status and what people thought of them and how they smelled like sheep and they hung out with sheep and they were, probably had to stay outside the home if they ever got home because they stunk like sheep? Do you think they were thrilled to be out in the middle of the night and always protecting their sheep from something that was going to devour them and always on the lookout? Then the angel says, hey, I got some good news of joy, not happiness, because a Savior has been born to you. And what did they do? They said, let's go see it. Because I need some joy in my life. I need something, something bigger. I need something beyond my circumstance that is going to change this heart and mind. A Savior has been born to me and to you. And so this third thing is what Jesus does for us. I guess you can guess it. We have, he makes us become more faithful. He makes us become more joyful. What do you think the last one is? Triumphant. More triumphant. Most of the time, and as I said, most of my moments are less than triumphant. I, I know this is hard for you to believe, but when I was growing up, I wasn't the biggest, most impressive, scary person in the world. Not now, Emmaville. I'm just a big teddy bear, aren't I? All right. But I had a friend named Glenn. 
And so, so, you know, I guess you would say I'm more of a lover than a fighter. You guys don't believe that one either, do you? Okay. Um, but anyway, my, my friend Glenn was about 6'3", 230-ish, up to 60-ish. He went back and forth. And when I went places, nobody would mess with me. You know, like I remember even being on the football team. And back then, there was a thing called hazing that was part of the ritual, right? Anybody remember this? Anybody hear this? We, we, we don't talk about this now. But back then, you were part of a group by them messing with you. And I was on the JV football team. He was on the varsity football team, and there was a lot of other people. And before a practice, you hoped it wasn't your day. Because that's how we welcome you in, by torturing you. Okay, anybody experience this? Am I that old that nobody else has experienced it? So that was part of how you did. To be part of us, we have to, we have to mess with you a little bit. Nothing really horrible, but it was just bad fun, right? And that would pass on to the next generation. So if you made it up here, you had that. And I remember I was going down there one day, and somebody's like, oh, there's Cohen. I'm like, woo I was scared. I think I weighed about 126 pounds, if that, my freshman year. I was like, oh, man, I don't want to get it. And then I remember... My buddy Glenn goes, no, no, he's good. Get somebody else. I was like, yeah, get somebody else. Darn right, right? You know why? Because I knew it wasn't me. It was my friend Glenn who was there. I knew who was with me and who had my back. And one of the ways and that we aren't experiencing triumphant natures in our lives is because we forget who had, that the living God has our back. Because for unto us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. How many need a Wonderful Counselor? He will be called Mighty God. How many need a Mighty God? How many need an Everlasting Father? How many need a Prince of Peace? We need to realize who fights for us and with us. You see, most of us get so caught up like, have you ever seen Talladega Nights, sweet little baby Jesus? That's where, we, that's where we want to keep him, little cuddly Jesus in the manger. And we, we like the little manger. We like Jesus like that. But we forget that even in the earliest prophecies about Jesus, this infant baby, we cannot forget, is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And nothing came into existence without him speaking it to an existence. He is the chosen one, the Lamb of God that saves us from our sin and takes away the sin of the world. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the Prince of Peace, the Bread of Life, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Light of the World, the Savior and the Lifter of your head. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Good Shepherd. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the chief cornerstone, and he is born the King of angels. Do not ever forget who's on your side. We know, and we focus about who's against us. But you can walk through the fire. You can walk in to the den of thieves, because guess what? I got my buddy who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is born the King of angels. So we come and we adore him, Christ the Lord. We have to remember who fights for us. 
And today, my hope and prayer is that you may hear for the first time or hear it a new way, a truth that has been ringing out through the ages. It's like the little boy who wanted a new bike for Christmas. And he had asked Santa, but he said, I'm really going to make sure this happens. And he started praying. So he said, you know, God, I, I just want to, his mom was listening. And said, um, God, I, 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 really, I really need you. And I, I, you know, I really want, I really want a new bike for Christmas. So God, you know, I've been really good this year. I've tried to be, and I need a new bike for Christmas. And God, if you'll just make that happen, I promise I'll, I'll be even better. And uh, you know what I said I want you to make happen? I need a new bike for Christmas. His mom finally comes in and goes, honey, what are you? You're, what are you doing? She said, I'm praying to God. She goes, what, you don't have to yell because God isn't hard to hear. And he goes, no, but grandma is. <laughs> Many of us are saying, are so weary and burdened and sinful that we're trying to yell out like God is deaf and can't hear us. You don't have to yell at somebody who's right with you. Oh, come all ye faithful. Not because we are, but because he is. Joyful and triumphant. Come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come let us adore him. Why? Because he adores you. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Why? Because he is Christ, the Lord. And he not only adores you, but he will fight for you. Why? Because you're his. Amen? Let's move to this last song right now. And I'm going to ask you to stand. And as you, as you hear this song and sing along with it, I want you to think of that, that verse that I said to you. Though you go through the waters, and when you go through the river, when you walk through the fire, guess what? He's there. He's there. So God, we come to you right now, asking you that whatever, whatever the tide is that is pouring out in our lives, whatever is causing us to be weary and burdened, whatever it is, whatever it is that is, has had us question if you're listening and we're yelling, I need a new bike. Whatever has almost broken us this year, whatever sin that has gripped us in our lives, and sin is a big word in the church, but God, it just means whatever is causing us to miss the mark of what you've intended for our lives. We come to you now as we don't want to stay weary and burdened. We don't want to stay sinful and broken. But we're coming to you and we realize that you are going to make us faithful. 
You're going to build our faith, which is already programmed into us. You are going to, I, I just pray, God, I need this for myself right now. I need some joy. I need joy. I don't need the cute little Jesus other than you. I need joy. God, I pray that this defeatist mentality that has crippled our world, crippled our mind, crippled the church where we're saying, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? How can we do this? And I thank you for a church that has not stopped, that, that said, oh, we have kids who need something for angel tree. Oh, let's not just do it. Let's do it right. Let's do it triumphantly, that there are 25 little kids who would have nothing, that triumphantly they're going to open 425 presents. That's joy, and that's triumph in the midst of a world that is depressed, broken, in despair. So God, we're coming to adore you now. In the midst of the waters that are, that are over us, that we feel like we're drowning, in the midst of the current that is sucking us downstream, in the midst of the fire that we feel is so hot, we lean on your promises that we will not get burned, that we will not be overcome, and that we will not moved. Why? Because Emmanuel is with us. Who is he? The King of angels, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. We praise you, God. Amen. in deepest waters your sovereign hand will be my guide where feet may fail and fear surrounds me you've never failed and you won't start now so I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves when oceans rise 
Take me deep. 
Come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Amen. Though you will walk through the waters and the rivers and the fire, Christ the Lord. Amen. Amen. Have an awesome week. Next week, you can practice it all week. Away in the manger. We'll see you next week. God bless. <clears throat> That's right.